football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thursday, October 20th edition of the show. I'm your host, Gary Seegers, at GaryWCE on Twitter. If you are so inclined to go follow over there, yes, I understand that Troy and South Alabama are playing literally as we speak. I am watching the game, but this is the first time I've had to sit down all day to record a podcast, so we're going to go ahead and do it. And I figured out, what the hell, why not go ahead and do this thing live? So, we got a lot to discuss. Obviously, on Thursdays, I go ahead and preview the weekend of games, etc. So there's many things for me to break down this evening to discuss about storylines, what to look forward to in the weekend. Where's college game day going to go next week for week number nine? We got a lot of options here. Uh, there's just things to discuss. There's things to break down. Uh, so I do have news stories that I'm going to hit, etc. Uh, if you are not already, go and sign up at BetUS. Create an account over there. They got all your sports gambling needs handled. BetUS is where the game begins. It's America's favorite sports book since 1994. So the, it's really America's premier online sports book. I highly recommend them, and it's not just because I work for them. I'll tell you this. I've been gambling with them for, uh, I don't know, since I was 21. I turned 40 next year. So, you know, do it yourself. Add up the math. It's been a long time. We, uh, we got a lot. To discuss. Uh, so uh, the show is powered by BetUS, in, in case you didn't already catch on to that. Uh, but I host the BetUS College Football Show. Go ahead and check them out. Lots going on on our show. We hit 10,000 this week. That's certainly a big deal, uh, but we want more. We want to keep this thing going. So go ahead and make sure that you are subscribed to the BetUS College Football Show. There's a link in the description for both that and for BetUS. So make sure and visit for us. Help us out. Make it easy. Uh, that's that's what we would like. All right. Uh, also, let's see what else. Oh no no, no that's it. That's uh, the U.S. College Football Show. We got it taken care of. Uh, I had to go on a field trip with a four year old today, and it was mayhem, absolute freaking mayhem. Uh, just just bonkers, absolutely bonkers. So, uh, yeah, I, this is the first time that I have gotten to really sit down and. You know, look at what all has happened, what's going on heading into the weekend. We got a lot to uh, to break down. I'll tell you that. We got a lot to break down. Uh, double check, make sure that we are still live. Um, yeah, no, 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 we're good. We're good. Okay. All right. So uh, sometimes I sometimes I lose uh, what's actually happening as far as the connection is concerned. Um, let's start off with this. Write my times down, all that good stuff. The Big 12 may actually secure a new media rights deal in a matter of weeks. Now, this is big-time news for the Big 12, right? Because, really, it's between them and the Pac-12 as to who is going to be the strongest conference after the top two, right? And, and really, it could be, uh, honestly, if a new TV deal comes in and, and makes them what they think they're going to make, they could be the third-strongest conference Ahead of even the ACC, because the ACC's deal is done. It is set up. They are going to be getting about 35 to $40 million per school from now until 2036. I mean, it's a long, long time. With the Big 12, I mean, they, they're coming up on their rights deal. 
They've got their schools locked in. This is a big deal. This is a very, very big deal. Uh, the article by Dennis Dodd over at CBS Sports says the conference's decision to go to market early could ultimately pay off. Well, the reason it's going to pay off is because if they get this deal done before the Pac-12 is able to get a deal done, there may not be a whole lot of money left to go around. There may not be a whole lot of uh, TV times left to go. Like the, Right, the time slots. That's a big, big ordeal. Uh, the article says that it could be in place. The media rights deal could be in place with ESPN and Fox in a matter of weeks. Uh, they have been aggressively pursuing a deal. We've heard Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, talk over and over and over again about making sure that they have added the most value possible, making sure that they get their deal done quickly. Uh, it's, it's insane. They're trying to maybe expand further. He's brought that up. He wants to get into that West Coast uh, so that he can get that fourth time slot. And I, I don't blame him. Um, now, he did tell CBS Sports on Wednesday, if a new deal is not finalized in the near term, there is the option to wait 16 months. And that's when the formal negotiating window would actually begin. So if they don't like what they get right now, they can wait around. They can do whatever. Uh, your mark expects the revenue to actually increase. We've talked about this recently on the show. Uh, despite the fact that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, he thinks the deal is going to go up. And the way that that works is TV rights deals are worth a lot more right now than they were when they signed their initial deal. Just bottom line, it's, it's going to be worth more because you see the number of people that are watching games every single week. There were like eight or nine games that did over 2 million viewers just last week. It's crazy. Like, live sports is the only thing on television that actually draws in live viewers anymore. Because you've got Hulu and you've got all these streaming things. If you miss a show, you can catch up on it later. You miss a game, you can't go back and catch up on it. That's not how these things work. You, you have to be there in the moment, which means all of the advertising, all of that is worth just exponentially more than what it used to be worth. And these companies and the conferences have now found out, hey, we have got prime real estate here. We have got something that incredibly passionate people are not going to turn off. They are going to keep this thing on until the very end of the game. And they're right. They're capitalizing on this. And the Big 12 understood we have got to go to market soon and not wait this thing out, not wait for that formal negotiating period, which is in 16 months from now, you know, year and a half, whatever it is. It's genius from them to go on and do this. So with the two giants gone, um, it, it, Texas and Oklahoma, Big 12 schools are currently receiving $43 million annually for their media rights. Now, it says currently that's what they got in the previous deal uh, or in the previous year. It, it's not like that every single year, right? So they didn't make $43 million every year. But he did say, uh, he said, I'm a good salesman. He stressed the value of live sports, the unknown of who is going to win, uh, which has long been the attraction of TV rights. There's nothing more valuable than live sports right now. He said, generally speaking, there's a huge appetite for what we sell. That in and of itself gets us to a higher place. And he's right. Um, this is, Big Ten schools are going to make a gargantuan amount of money. SEC schools are going to make a gargantuan amount of money. The Big 12 is not going to make that. But what you are going to see is a pretty hefty deal for those remaining teams inside the Big 12 because of the passion of the fan bases. No, they don't have massive markets, but they do have a lot of people 
that will watch the games on television, that will tune into ESPN+, Plus, etc., which that is a big thing about this. I don't believe ESPN would be super invested in the Big 12 if they didn't already see some amount of return on their investment from when they started streaming the Big 12 games on ESPN+. Plus. People figured it out in the Midwest. They realized, oh, we're going to have to get this you know, $5 a month streaming service in order to watch our football teams and basketball teams play. Well, screw it. We'll just go ahead and get it. I think that they've been watching, and I think ESPN knows the numbers, and they understand the importance of these games, and they understand the importance of these teams. I think if ESPN and Fox are interested in this, then yes, that means that they have seen the numbers, and they understand the value of passionate fan bases regardless of the market size. So yes, I think this is huge. This is a massive, massive deal because it is going to hurt the Pac-12. Guaranteed. I guarantee you that when they get this thing done, there will be some kind of a clause in there for if they were to bring in, uh, in 2025, schools like Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado. There's just there's going to be something to bring those schools in after they lose Texas and Oklahoma. No, that stuff may not be done yet, but if the Pac-12 deal ends up being... $25, $30 million per school or something along those lines, if it's if it's 10 to $15 million less, how quickly will some of those Pac-12 schools want to jump over to the Big 12? And how willing will the network partners be to maybe up the ante a little bit in order to get those kinds of matchups? Now, I don't know how enticing an Iowa State-Arizona game is or Arizona State against, I don't know, Kansas State, right? I don't know what the what the value of that is, but I think it's more than not having the inventory at all. Just throwing it out there. So, yeah, I think this is a massive, massive ordeal. Cheers to them. Cheers to them for getting this thing done because that is just, I mean, huge. Absolutely huge. All right, we're moving along. The NCAA is going to release NIL guidance, new NIL guidance regarding institutional involvement. But Gary... What in the world does that mean? Well, basically it means that the NCAA is going to tell schools next week how involved they can be in getting NIL deals for their players. That's basically what this means. Uh, You go through, this is uh, from On3, but really the report came from Nicole Auerbach at The Athletic. Uh, But really what it's going to reportedly address is what is permissible and impermissible when it comes to an athletic department's involvement in NIL activity. It says uh, new rules will not be enacted, but the guidance will clarify the role that a school can play. Now, it does include examples. So it says one situation which will be permitted uh, is an athletic department assisting in NIL education of his athletes. That seems totally reasonable, right? Like, why would they? Why would a school not be able to teach players what to expect from a name, image, likeness deal or what they can and cannot do, right? That seems just ridiculously easy. So, obviously, the NCAA is going to have to go along with that. Uh, Which, by the way, if you guys are watching live, feel free to jump into the chat. Uh, You can be part of the conversation. I'm doing this live because I haven't gotten a chance to do it. Uh, I've seen several more people jump in here. So, if if you guys want to be involved in the conversation, absolutely jump in. Uh, It says, an interesting note is schools have always been able to introduce athletes to boosters, uh, which has always been allowed by the NCAA. Which, yeah, we've seen that time and time again. Um... It says, uh, it does say that, you know, an athletic department assisting in NIL education of his athletes, that's one thing. 
On the flip side, a university giving cash to a collective to funnel money to athletes is prohibited. Well, duh. Obviously, the school can't give somebody else money to pay one of their own players. But at the same time, why would they? If you've got other people willing to make the payments, I mean, we all read the Bagman story that Stephen Godfrey put out years and years ago. We know how this works. Uh, it says this would not be classified as a new rule. The NCAA has always been against institutions paying athletes for their athletic performance. Uh, but again, as we just mentioned, schools have always been able to introduce athletes to boosters. Like uh, you, you remember the guy that owned the pizza place in Oxford when it, with the whole Ole Miss NCAA deal back when Hugh Freeze was the coach? Like, uh, they've always been able to connect them because boosters have always been around these programs. Like, why would you not? Uh, it says NIL stakeholders who responded to ON3 characterized the news of the NCAA adopting new NIL guidance as a yawn. Uh, others pointed to the fact of how the NCAA is yet to actually come down with a force model uh, on NIL. They're not going to be able to. The Supreme Court shot this thing down nine to nothing. You cannot stand in the way of an athlete slash student, whatever, of actually making a living, of earning whatever it is that somebody deems them to be worth. You can't come in and say that they need to be, that they need to have uh, uh, the right market number, right? You can't say that somebody can't overpay for somebody to advertise their product or their business or whatever, because by God, your own schools are doing this. When Jimbo Fisher got that ridiculous deal with Texas A&M, that just put this whole thing to bed. The whole thing, MH5 jumps in. Schools should be involved in educating these kids. Large amounts of money will have tax implications that these young kids will need to pay. Uh, get these guys a good tax guy. Yeah, that's part of it. That's absolutely part of it. Uh, the other part is educating them on the shadiness of some of these people that are going to try and sign them into exclusive deals, etc., to where they can't get out of them. Right? That's the other part. Like, you get signed into some kind of crazy, hey, I'm going to do a podcast appearance once a week, but all of a sudden... You can't go do other podcasts. You can't go do other interviews with competitors, et cetera. Like you, you have to find somebody that can write out the contracts correctly or somebody that will teach them what to look for in these contracts that you wouldn't normally think about, right? It, these are important business decisions that are being made by these players that will impact what they can make going forward. The fact that the NCAA is still diving into this stuff and trying to figure out what to tell schools to do and what not to tell them to do, et cetera, is just mind-blowing to me. And I understand that they have to have at least some kind of involvement. Otherwise, what's the whole point of the NCAA at all? But there's nothing that they can do as far as guardrails or whatever else, right? There's nothing that can happen here. They're not going to be able to do anything. Because as soon as they try and put, as soon as they try and put some kind of handcuffs on this, the Supreme Court will come back at them because somebody's going to file a suit and they're going to take it back up to uh, Brett Kavanaugh and that bunch, and those guys are going to stomp a mud hole in the NCAA all over again. We just saw it happen in the Austin case. Like it's going to happen again. They they practically dared the NCAA to try and stop something like this. Bottom line, MH5 said, what if these P5 schools tell the NCAA to kick rocks? Well, I do believe that that's coming eventually. That is coming eventually, but that, that's the reason why the NCAA is not going to do anything right now. They're, they're just not. Uh, if the issue that you run into with the P5 schools, if they want to try and break away from the NCAA, 
is that they are going to have to set up something similar to the NCAA anyway. So why would you get rid of something that's already built when you can actually influence what goes on at the NCAA? You can rewrite the rules that are already in place because the school presidents are the ones that actually run the NCAA. Just fix it from the inside out. That's the easiest way to do this. So, yeah, it, seeing this today just uh, absolutely blew me away because why? Why are we still doing guidance on NIL? Like, I understand that some of these schools maybe need some help, but gracious me, this is mind-blowing, just mind-blowingly dumb is what it is. It's just ridiculous. All right, moving along, we're going to hit on a, a few other quick topics before we dive into our preview for the week. Turns out we had a meeting about the college football playoff expansion uh, in the we got nothing done. There's been no progress. I'm going to pull up the article here that's over at Sports Illustrated. It says, uh, expansion timeline unclear despite commissioner's progress. This is Mike McDaniel that wrote this today. Uh, it says they met in Dallas on Thursday. It's the latest round of meetings surrounding potential expansion. Uh, despite progress in the talks, there is no official update on the timeline of expansion of the playoff. What we're looking for, in case you have missed out, is they are absolutely going to expand by 2026. But they're hoping to get it done by 2024 or 2025. The issue is they've already entered into agreements with uh, Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium and Miami's Hard Rock Stadium, and the times are already set. They've already got the locations. They've already got the contracts done. They've already got everything done for 2024 and 2025. So they messed this thing up because they didn't expand quick enough. Uh, the CFP executive director, Bill Hancock, said they made progress. They're not finished. Uh, he did say time is not on our side as far as getting this thing done by 2024. I mean, it, we're moving right along here. You know, it's going to be 2023 in a couple of months. Like, it, geez. Uh, it does say when initial plans to expand the playoff were revealed this summer, a tentative timeline to activate the expanded field was set for 2026 at the latest. So we know that that's going to happen. Uh, but the commissioners were hoping that expansion of the playoff uh, could occur as early as 2024. Uh, that was subject to agreeing and finalizing a format and all of the particulars of the television contracts. So ESPN does still hold the rights to this thing in full until 2026. They can sublet some of that stuff out. They can work with Fox. They can sell uh, some of these games, et cetera. They can do whatever, really, that they want to do with these games. Um, but it, it, right now, it don't look like they're going to be able to get this thing done. Uh, they want to get it done. I just don't believe that they're going to. So we'll see what happens the next time they meet. I think uh, the next time will be in uh, another month or another few weeks, something along those lines. We'll see. Uh, you know, we got hope for it. Uh, to at least get something finalized, something done. But as it sits, right now we got nothing. Right now we got nothing. All right, big story out in Eugene, Oregon that I got to bring up here. Bo Nix has done a fantastic job as the Oregon football coach. Football coach, excuse me, our uh, Oregon quarterback. <laughs> Let me correct that. Bo Nix has done an outstanding job as the Oregon quarterback, but what he has done... This week tops all of that. Anything he's done on the field doesn't matter when it comes to this. You see these pictures. It says, we had a special guest pull up for dinner tonight. Bo Nix 
brought in. That's right. A Chick-fil-A truck. This guy, and here is the video. I'm going to just let him say it for himself. Uh, This is Jackson Powers Johnson. He's an offensive lineman. This is what Bo Nix has done for these players. Bo Nix, ladies and gentlemen, God's work bringing Chick-fil-A to the huge. God's work. God's work. Bo Nix Nix did say once upon a time that the food that he most missed when he left Auburn for Eugene, Oregon to go play for the Ducks, he said that he missed Chick-fil-A. This man got it done. He brought it out to those Oregon players. They were snacking on some Chick-fil-A today. Got the chicken sandwiches, got the spicy chicken sandwiches, got some chicken nuggies, all that kind of mess. Cheers to them. Cheers to them. I love it. I love it. Introducing the West Coast to the real best chicken in the world. I love it. I love it. All right. Moving along, uh, two more quick notes here. Uh, Nothing much to break down on it, but uh, Oklahoma State defensive lineman uh, Brendan Evers is going to skip the rest of the season. Uh, He's dealing with an unspecified injury. He started in four of the first six games for Oklahoma State. Uh, but he's going to start prepping for the NFL draft. He was a sixth-year player. It, all the people that want to say that he quit on his team, it, look, this guy is a sixth-year guy. He did not have to come back to play. He did not have to do that. He has put everything he could out there for Oklahoma State. Uh, he used his COVID year to come back and play for this team. And, I mean, cheers to him. You know, I understand he appeared in five of the games. uh Defensive lineman, you know, it, it's going to hurt their depth. I don't think this is like the end of the road for Oklahoma State. You know, this is not a, a guy that if you lose him, like, that's just it. But it's certainly not going to help things. It's not going to help the depth, uh, the depth at, bleh, excuse me, the depth at all. Uh, so that is something to pay attention to going forward. Uh, I will tell you that. So, um, moving along. Uh, we do want to send our condolences to uh, Mississippi State. Uh, just horrible, horrible news. Uh, State announced a couple of days ago uh, the death of freshman offensive lineman Sam Westmoreland. Uh, as far as I know, this is, I mean, it was completely unexpected. He was 19 years old. He was out of Tupelo High School in Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, just, I mean, who, I don't know how you, I don't know how you get past this, right? Like, they're all they're going to go out. They're going to play in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night and whatnot. But this is just uh, just brutal, just brutal. So obviously, you know, I know it's cliche, but thoughts and prayers are with the Bulldogs family because, man, um, just just rough. Uh, Mike Leach did say in a release, Sam was a beloved son, brother, and teammate, and a tremendous young man with limitless future. Uh, he'll always be remembered and deeply missed by everybody who knew and loved him. The entire MSU family mourns. As our thoughts and prayers go out to the Westmoreland family, our highest priority is the support of that family and our student-athletes during this troubling time. That's, uh, that's rough. Absolutely rough. So far, uh, no cause has been announced or anything. I doubt that we will get that. Um, and no real news. Just just a, a strange, weird situation and one that uh, that you absolutely hate to see. So prayers 
out with the Bulldog family. Let's uh let's hit this break. On the other side, we're going to talk about college game day, where they're going in week nine, along with our college football week eight preview. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back, and BetUS TV has you covered. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff, only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. And now, back to the show. All right, let's dive in. Where is college game day going for week number nine? And we got a lot of options here. Uh, Now, obviously, this all just depends on what happens in week eight. We are getting to that point in the year where one loss can take a team completely out of something or a big win can put them in position for something that we just really did not expect at all. I mean, we saw that last week with Tennessee. Nobody was really talking about them for the college football playoff, and yet, here they are, top three in the country. Everybody's got them in their playoff bracket now. You never know. Uh, so here are some options for next week. I'll go on and toss this one out there. Notre Dame at Syracuse. No, Notre Dame has not been very good. But if Syracuse finds a way to get an upset at Clemson, and don't put it past them, that defense is nasty. Sean Tucker, pretty awesome on the ground. Now, obviously, he's going to have a day with that defensive line for Clemson. But Syracuse finds a way to win that game on the road. Yes, absolutely, I think game day would go there first. And the reason behind that is, one, it's Notre Dame. Like, any time they come in, it's always going to be a big game, uh, regardless of whether or not they've got a good record. And they certainly do not have that right now. I think they're sitting at 3-3. Three and three. But Syracuse, undefeated. They'll be top 10 if they beat Clemson. And it's a place that game day has never been. So stick that one in your back pocket. Uh, Oklahoma State at Kansas State, this would require two upsets. Kansas State is on the road at TCU. Oklahoma State is at home against Texas. Both of them are underdogs. And I don't know that we'll be able to get both, but, you know, you get Kansas State to win at TCU, yeah, you could you could probably start thinking about that one. Uh, it'd be a hard sell with Oklahoma State losing two straight, though, if they were to lose to Texas. Uh, Ohio State at Penn State. Now, obviously, this one is a pretty easy sell uh, because anytime the Buckeyes go anywhere... I mean, that's going to be something. But uh, the next one, Penn State, uh, you got to beat Minnesota. If you end up losing to Minnesota, that's going to be rough. So, yeah, you, you can't go to Happy Valley if Penn State has lost two games in a row. Florida and Georgia. Now, this would have been a much easier sell had Florida beaten LSU. But, uh, I mean, Georgia, maybe, maybe you can sell that. Uh, it is a big rivalry game, so maybe you sell that. Pitt at North Carolina could be very interesting. North Carolina, uh, only one loss on the season. I mean, you get a win this weekend, okay. 
Again, maybe maybe we got something that we're working with in Chapel Hill. The game that I believe that ESPN is going to go to next week is Cincinnati at Central Florida. I think UCF is going to beat ECU this weekend. I think Cincinnati is going to beat uh, SMU this weekend. So that is what I'm going to make my prediction for. I think Cincinnati heading to Orlando is going to be the basically the AAC title game because uh, you might see this matchup again in just a few weeks. But I think UCF may be the best team in that conference. Just throwing that out there. Um, let's move on to the college football week eight preview here. And let me write down the times because I'm going to have to speed this along. I believe my wife is, uh, is coming back shortly. So, uh, the biggest brand games. Who is going to have the highest TV ratings this weekend? So, this is effectively predicting who is going to be in the tightest games and which brands matter the most, right? Uh, Number one, I think Ole Miss and LSU is going to be a lot of fun. That is a rivalry game. Everybody loves to watch LSU, especially Saturday night in Death Valley. The sun will be going down around the fourth quarter in this ballgame. So, yeah, we're going to get a fun, fun matchup here. I think it might be a tight ball game. And if you get that, I think Ole Miss at LSU will be the number one rated game of the weekend, the most viewers. Iowa at Ohio State is going to be second. That is the Big Ten, uh, our Big Noon kickoff game for Fox. That's I think Ohio State, it doesn't matter who they play, uh, but the fact that it's Iowa, pretty big name matchup, uh, that should do pretty well. Texas at Oklahoma, I've got number three on this list. Obviously, two big-time brands. A lot of implications here as far as the Big 12 title game is concerned. Yeah, I like that one. UCLA at Oregon. While this is a huge matchup, a top-10 matchup, college game day is going to be there, etc., I don't know how much the rest of the country cares about these two brands. They just—they have not rated well at any point thus far on the season. Maybe they will break through this week and, and do better than I assume that they will, uh, but even four might be a little high for them on this. So, I think it's going to be an awesome game. And it is on network. I mean, it's on Fox. So, I think it's going to be huge. Um, I say it's on Fox. It might be on ABC. Not to, No, it's on Fox. It's on Fox. Uh, Mississippi State at Alabama. I've got that at number five. Alabama just brings in viewers. And it's on ESPN. People are going to watch, especially to see what ends up happening a week after they got beat by Tennessee. They're going to want to see what happens. Minnesota at Penn State. This is the ABC night game. It's a whiteout at Penn State. A lot of people will watch just for the novelty of it. And I don't blame them. I would I would kind of will do the same thing. I'll probably have this on one of the side screens. Uh, but that is that's an interesting matchup. We don't know if either quarterback is going to play, either starting quarterback. Um, going to be weird. I will say uh, I'm tossing out Clemson and Syracuse uh, at the very end of this. And that's I've got them at, uh, what, at number seven as far as the ratings. I just don't think Syracuse brings in viewers. And I don't think a lot of people really understand how big of a national matchup this is because Syracuse, if they win this, they are in the driver's seat for that division in the a- in the ACC. I, that's a huge matchup. So, and Syracuse has been good all year. Just awesome. Absolutely awesome. Moving along, our next question here is, what are going to be the most exciting games or the closest games? Now, by exciting, it's, big plays, uh, explosive plays, et cetera. Like, which which games are going to provide that? I have got Ole Miss at LSU as number one on this. I think it's going to be the most exciting game of the weekend. Uh, you got two teams that don't really throw the ball a lot, but they are explosive on the ground. You've got some just athletes all over the field on both sides. And we know about Lane Kiffin. 
We know what he does. And he provides entertainment by himself. So uh, Ole Miss at LSU is number one for me. Houston at Navy, I think, is going to be a really, really fun ball game. I think I think Houston is going to win this game. Uh, but I think Navy has been playing a lot better as of late. Houston's always crazy. Like, all of their games. They've had three games go to overtime already. So, and then they had that big 17-point comeback against, uh, no, 19-point comeback against Memphis just a couple weeks ago. Like, yes, Houston at Navy could be bonkers. Kansas at Baylor could be insane as well. I mean, pay attention to that Kansas team. This is a spot that they need to win. Like, they really, really do because the schedule does not lighten up at all. This is a spot where they might be able to get a win. I think Blake Shapin, the quarterback, might be out for Baylor. You got to take advantage and get to that bowl game. Get that sixth win. Take advantage of it. Boise at Air Force, I've got as a uh, most exciting game. That Tight spread, a defense that has stopped Air Force numerous times. Air Force, I don't know which version of that team is going to show up week in and week out. So that one I think could be really exciting. And then Kansas State at TCU, I think will be very exciting. Uh, obviously, TCU is undefeated. Kansas State only one loss. Huge, huge Big 12 title implications in this one. Uh, yeah, you're going to see some massive plays. You're going to see a bunch on the ground from Kansas State. You're going to see a bunch through the air from TCU. I uh, cannot wait to watch that. Which teams have the most to gain and the most to lose? Uh, Syracuse and Clemson, for sure, because uh, that's got ACC title stuff written all over it. Kansas State at TCU, we just talked about that. Big 12 title implications there. Whoever wins that is in the driver's seat. Uh, Texas A&M and South Carolina. Oh, 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 you want to talk about anxiety bowl for Jimbo Fisher. Uh you, you've never lost to South Carolina before. You better not start doing it now. I'll tell you that. And Shane Beamer has a lot to gain from this one. Boy, you want to talk about selling the boosters on a situation? 100% on that one. Uh, Purdue at Wisconsin. Purdue wins this game. Look at the rest of their schedule. Just go look at it. They might win the Big Ten West this weekend with a win at Wisconsin. Uh, with Wisconsin, I mean, obviously, every game is like its own little season for uh, for that bunch, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their coaching situation. Uh, I like Jim Leonard, but if you can't get this thing turned around, you've got a pretty good roster. You need to figure something out with this one. Uh, Texas at Oklahoma State, I do think both of those, again, Big 12 title implications there, and UCLA at Oregon. Whoever wins that is in the driver's seat for the Pac-12. So a lot to be gained for both of those and a lot to lose as well. Uh, the most likely 10-plus point underdog outright winners. Let me go on and write down my time on this one. Uh, da, 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 da. Basically, which double-digit underdog has the best chance to win outright on Saturday? I got four teams written down. Syracuse, I mean, that kind of goes without saying. They're undefeated already on the season, and they have been a thorn in Clemson's side for years. Dino Babers came out at a press conference recently and was talking about how much fun his players have when they play against Clemson. They, they kind of use it as a, a measuring stick game, right? To see exactly where they are. That defense travels. That running game travels. And what Robert and I is doing with that offense is serious. So yes, that is a that Syracuse legit chance to win a game. Uh, Marshall plus 12 and a half uh, against James Madison. That is something to pay attention to. Um, James Madison lost for the first time last week against Georgia Southern and Marshall. You never know what version of them is going to show up. So pay attention there. North Texas, plus 10.5 at UTSA. Look, North Texas absolutely beat the brakes off of UTSA at the end of last season. I would imagine this is a revenge spot. 
But I'm not going to lie. UTSA did not look very good against Florida International last week. Would it surprise me to go two straight weeks looking awful? No, wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it would. I, mean, I don't think North Texas is that good. So, yes. Uh, Vandy plus 14 at Missouri. My numbers actually have Vanderbilt favored. <laughs> I know it's insane. Missouri's got a pretty good defense. But, man, that Missouri offense is woefully bad. I mean, just, I would never have expected that from an Eli Drinkwitz team. Uh, and yet, here we are. Here we are. So, that's the way that this thing goes. Uh, the last thing on the docket here for us to discuss. And that would be the G5 games of the week. I got multiple here. Obviously, I'm watching Troy at South Alabama. That would have been my number one spot because I think that this is for the Sunbelt West. Memphis at Tulane. I think it'd be very interesting. Tulane just entered the top 25 as a G5 team. Um, Tulane has visions of the AAC championship. This is a good team. They got a good defense. Uh, but Memphis, I mean, they got players and they got a good run defense. I mean, they they got there's there's all the pieces there for them to be successful. So we'll have to see what ends up happening there. On Friday night, you got UAB at Western Kentucky. This one could be very, very interesting, especially when it comes to Conference USA title implications, right? Uh, Western Kentucky likes to throw the ball around a lot. That UAB secondary is vicious. So, yeah, I'm interested in that one. Cincinnati at SMU. SMU has not looked good this year. But they they do have pieces, and they have looked good in spurts, right? Especially against Navy. They gave up two late touchdowns against Navy. They cost them the cover, but when it comes down to it, think Cincinnati's just the overall better team. they got more talent. At, I think they've got more talent than SMU. Uh, how about this? They've got a better culture because, obviously, SMU in the first year with Rhett Lashley. So, something to pay attention to there. Can Cincy travel? They haven't looked very good either this year. Boise at Air Force is my last G5 game of the week. I think Boise may have figured this thing out. I really do. With Dirk Cutter in, as the offensive coordinator and uh, in Green, the new quarterback... I think they might have figured this out. Their defense was never that bad. They just could not get anything going on offense. Hank Bachmeyer's gone. The offense coordinator's gone. New things going on at Boise. They've always been able to figure out Air Force's offense. If Troy Calhoun can't find a way to swap things up, maybe just a little bit for this game, yeah, Boise could absolutely shut them down. So, very interested. Very interested in that. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for letting me do this thing live tonight. Going to get it out. Uh, I apologize for the delay. Uh, for those that are curious, Troy driving right now. It's 7-3 to three, Troy over South Alabama in the third quarter. We're hoping for a Troy cover. Plus three. I hope they win outright. Absolutely. All right, let's get out of here. The show brought to you by BetUS. It is America's premier online sportsbook. They are, in fact, where the game begins. Go and check out the BetUS College Football Show and check out the Valtimary Surf Co. Valtimary Surf Company, fantastic college town shirts. There's a link in the description for both of those. Go and check them out. With that said, you guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this weekend. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show.